Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali and I, are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Well, everyone, we're in the book of Revelation. We're in chapter 3 today, and um, we are starting around verse 14 and officially going to verse 15. I might dip my toe in uh, some of the uh, other verses, too, maybe 16 or 17. But officially today, we're going to be looking at verse 14 and 15. This is a letter to his last church, his seventh church, the church at Laodicea. Um, Now, this city, I think, was founded by one of Alexander the Great's generals. Uh, It was damaged by an earthquake in 60 A.D. Um, And basically told Rome that they didn't need any any money to, to help with the rebuild because they said that they were good enough, they were already wealthy enough, and they didn't need help. Um, And, of course, this is one of the things that Christ kind of turns back on them, saying, that's what you say, that you you don't need any help, um, but you actually need so much help. Um... This was a self-sufficient city. Uh, it was a commercial center. My study Bible says it was a commercial center, uh, the site of a thriving medical and textile industry was there. Um, it did not see itself as poor, blind, and naked, uh, as Christ was going to describe to them. Um, Christ doesn't really find anything to commend this church about. Um, it was famous because it worshipped Zeus. Um, it's been called the city of compromise. Um, didn't really stand for anything. Um, it was super, quote, t- you know, it was trying to be tolerant, like perhaps a lot of the things that our culture today tries to, to be as tolerant. And in its quest to be tolerant, it doesn't really stand for anything. It was described by my study Bible as spiritually blind and bankrupt, naked and lukewarm. Um, 
in Christ as a way of trying to teach them uh, was telling them that they were spiritually bankrupt, blind, naked, and lukewarm. And he was teaching them that you need to buy gold from me and garments from me and salve for your eyes from me. That's what you need to be buying. He was trying to put his message to them in something they could understand. Uh, and and uh, as McGee points out, you know, they had a really developed banking system there. Um, this was where some of the Roman emperors would cash their uh, checks here. Um, there was a lot of wealth here. They had a medical school here, which I found very interesting. And um, McGee says that um, they developed a salve that people put on their eyes, you know, to help people see better. And, um, of course, um, Jesus uses that in in one of his corrections to them. You need to be buying eye salve from me. It was a commercial center, um, an area of industry. Uh, Greek culture was represented here, a lot, uh, an area of great science and literature. And so uh, this Laodicea was quite the city. So um, for all its wealth, Christ is referring to this as a spiritually bankrupt city. So, verse 14, And to the angel of the church in Laodicea, again, this is the preacher, that, um, what we've been taking as the angel, that's like the priest, the chief priest, the person who's in charge there, to the angel of the church in Laodicea, right? The words of the Amen. And uh, McGee and my study Bible point out that the Amen is Jesus and McGee says, that's Jesus' name, the Amen. And, and he says, that's the only word in Scripture it's really referred to, Jesus is referred to as the Amen. The words of the Amen, the faithful, so another name for Christ, and true witness. Christ is the Amen. That means he has the last word. He is the faithful and true witness. The beginning of God's creation. And uh, my study Bible points out it's not like God created Christ as the first, but he was the beginning and he is the end. He is the alpha. He is the omega. So everything begins and ends with Christ. He is the amen. So Christ starts off by telling each one of these letters He's telling them something about himself in relation to who they are. And so, um, verse 15, I know your works. Christ always begins these letters by telling them, I know your works. Um, and um, he's, re he's referring to the works, spiritual works. Okay. Now, we've said this before, 
that we're saved not by works, but by grace. We're saved by Christ's works. But Christ gives to us based on our spiritual works. So we're saved by Christ's works. But Christ looks at us and gives to us based on our works in Him, our spiritual works. So again, making the point again that Christ is not calling Christians just to sit around. Verse 15 again. I know your works. You're neither cold nor hot. Would that you were either cold or hot. So he said, I just wish you were one or the other. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. It's almost like he's saying, I will vomit you right out of my mouth. And um, powerful, powerful scripture there. Now, my study Bible says that the temperature of the water is better one or extreme or the other because they're both, they have some positive quality to it. Cold water is very, very refreshing in the heat. And hot water is very, very refreshing to make people feel good when one is cold. There's nothing better than warm water. But lukewarm water can't do much with it. Um, it's just, it doesn't have a lot of use. And so that's what Christ is saying here. Your works are either cold nor hot. And um, he's putting the description of the Laodiceans in terms of this water, um, perhaps because there was a big aqueduct system in Laodicea bringing in water to the people there. And that water that they were bringing in through the aqueduct was probably neither hot nor cold. Um, but uh, in any event, he... He, his analysis of them is based on water. And um, and that's like their spiritual works, their spiritual condition is like the water there. Verse 17, I'm just going to sneak into our study a little bit for tomorrow. For you say, now he's telling the Laodiceans that this is what they say about themselves. Uh, I'm rich, I have prospered, I need nothing. And this is might have been what they said back to Rome after their earthquake, they actually turned down um, money um, to rebuild themselves uh, because they felt they they had enough. So um, apparently that had some pride to do with it too. For you say, I'm rich, I've prospered, I need nothing not realizing that you're wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. Wow. That's Christ's analysis of this very successful, wealthy city, spiritually bank- bankrupt. Wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. It's pretty accurate words.
I wonder what he would say about us today. So many people feeling like perhaps our own culture is very self-sufficient and we know everything. Christ says in verse 18, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may be rich and white garments so that you may clothe yourselves and the shame of your nakedness may not be seen and salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see. So he's telling them, look, you don't need to buy all this stuff in your in your stores. You need to be buying all these things from me. Again, he puts the problem and the solution in relationship to who they are and what they are. We're going to stop here because we're going to keep going through this letter to Laodicea tomorrow. But I find this very, very, um, these letters to these churches, very, very um, convicting for perhaps our culture today and perhaps our individual spiritual growth today. These are things that we can learn from because Christ is pointing these things out in relationship to who Christ is but who we are as people trying to grow in different ways. It's all about Christ and His words, not ourselves. Really, really um, insightful study, at least for me. So I hope you enjoyed it and gained something. Uh, We'll stop here and now turn the rest of the podcast over to my co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, I hope you're doing great. And from me to all of you, God bless you all. Keep your heart centered on Christ, and we'll see you again tomorrow. Hello. So today's teaching is coming from Revelations chapter 3, beginning at verse 13, all the way to verse 15. So in our study today, we're looking at the church in Philadelphia. And this church has been labeled many things. Some have called it the missionary church. Some the serving church and others alive church so dr david mcgee calls it the revived church or the bible believing church and we get to hear a lot of that today you know are you going to a bible believing church or not so the lord jesus christ emphasizes this thou has kept my word and has not denied my name So today, in a day of unbelief, the Lord Jesus Christ is commending this church. And in that day as well, there was unbelief, and the Lord Jesus Christ is actually commending this church. So this is a church that got out the word of God, and it lasted longer than any of the other seven churches mentioned here in our study so far. So it lasted until the 13th century. So this church sent out missionaries um, also. So the Lord Jesus Christ said in uh, verse 10 of chapter 3, Because you have kept my command to preserve, I also will keep you from the hour of trial, which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth so the word of his patience this is his word today 
So God is still patient with the world that has rejected his word. He's still patient. So back in Noah's time, they didn't have the written word and God still judged them. So they had a man who actually was bringing them the message. They didn't have it written. Today we have the word. And that's even more um, scary. We actually have the word of God, like, uh, you know, and this is the written word. In Noah's day, they didn't have the word, but they got judged. And today, there is no excuse. With light comes responsibility. So this church in Philadelphia kept the word. And God said to them in verse 10, Because you kept the word of my patience. I will also keep you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole world. Um, So to try, um, shall come um, upon the whole world, sorry. So to to try them that they dwell on um, the earth. So this is definitely... um, So Sorry, to trial, sorry. Let me just read verse 10 again. It says, because you have kept my uh, command... To preserve, I also will keep you from the hour of trial. Yes, it was the hour of trial, which shall come, that's the tribulation, which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. So, um, here, uh, this trial here is talking, uh, is definitely talking about the great tribulation period. Um, cause beginning with chapters four and five, so that's after the, um, proclaimings, oh, sorry, preliminaries, yeah, um, are put down, so chapters six to 19, we have the great tribulation period, which is coming upon all the world to test those who are on the earth. So the church is not going to go through the great tribulation. As the Lord Jesus Christ has said, I will keep you from the hour of trial, <clears throat> which shall come upon the whole world and test those who dwell on the earth. So, um, you know, this is, um, you know, um, in, in scripture, in the same verse, it, um, sorry, it's, um, Risen, behold, I come quickly. Um, you know, his it has the idea of suddenness and expectation. That is, he will come at the time when, you know, they actually don't expect him. They actually don't know. And this is the promise that's the hope of the church. So the church is not looking for the great tribulation period, but looking for that blessed hope and his glorious appearing. That's what the church is looking for. His glorious appearing and um, deliverance. So this is the church that will go out at the time of the rapture. So the apostate church, sorry, does uh, church, actually goes through the great tribulation period. And this is the church of Laodicea. And that's what we're getting to next. So what we have here is the coming of Christ to take his own out of the world and he promises this church that it won't actually go through the Great Tribulation period. That's the the Odyssean church, um, the Philadelphia church. That's the revived church. So now we get to verse fourteen, uh, where we come to the letter of Christ to the church in Laodicea, 
the last one this is the last letter so this church was um by antiochus the second in and it was from 261 um to 246 ad and it had a hand of um you know uh, seleucidae um as you know he he's the one who founded this place so it had uh, that was uh, one of uh, one of the great generous uh, so so Lucius. so Laodicea was a great city and it was in a valley so Laodicea was you know it was a great commercial center a great economic center you know a great trade center and um here they worshiped um Jupiter and Zeus and this is uh the only place in scripture where you know the word amen is um the proper name and is um you know it's the name of the lord jesus christ uh let me just read verse 14 it reads and to the angel of the church of uh laodiceans write these things says the amen the faithful and the true witness the beginning of the creation of god so um the amen is the proper name um for the lord jesus christ and in isaiah 65 16 it reads um that uh, you know the god of amen and in second corinthians 2 verse 1 uh, yeah so second corinthians 2 chapter 1 verse 20 uh reads let me just turn there so yeah second corinthians chapter 1 yeah verse 20 it reads for all the purposes of God in him are yes, and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. So the Lord Jesus Christ is the amen. He has the last word. He is the alpha and the omega. Um, he's um, the one that will actually fulfill all the promises of God and he lets the Laodiceans know this because they have rejected the deity of Christ. So the word Amen is the only thing that actually um, he draws out from the vision of himself that we had in the first chapter. So his, um, here verse 14 reads, um, these things he says, Amen. These things he says, these things says the Amen the faithful and true witness so here he is a faithful and true witness this reveals that the lord jesus christ alone is the one who will reveal all and tell all as in the days and as you know it you know if we look at today um it's actually hard to actually get the truth from anything it's even hard to get the truth from like um the church the liberal church they're um propaganding fake um information you know conservatives you can't really get the truth out of that even you know on the news it's it's hard and the lord jesus christ is the true and faithful witness and we'll get the truth out of him and um verse 14 also reads the beginning of the creation of god so he's the beginning of god's creation so he's the creator so this day you know if we look at our, our day today this is the day where there is the accepted norm of evolution um they 
there is no belief in uh, the creation of God. Verse 15 and 16 goes on to read, I know your works, that you are neither cold or hot, nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. So here, um, you know, as we've noticed always with the other churches, the other six churches, when he said, you know, I know your works, this actually meant good works. So he commended them for good works. But here he has no word of commendation for this church, the Laodicean church. So the condition of the church today is it's lukewarm if we actually look around. So, um, you know, it's also the condition of many others today. Um, many people today, they're lukewarm, they're neither here nor there. So this is a church he doesn't draw to himself. He just vomits out. And it's a church he will, um, and it's not a church he's going to um, actually rapture. Um, it's a church that's going to go through the Great Tribulation period. So we are living in a time of both the Laodicean and the Philadelphian church. So both are side by side. And um, this is a great uh, bifurcation in Christianity. So they are those who believe the word of God and follow it. They love it and obey it. And then they are those who actually reject it. And that's the line that actually divides um, the time of living in, that divides the church, that divides um, the people. So um, this is actually a heart-searching message today. And um, if we want to pick our church, um, we want to pick a church that is actually um, believes a Bible-believing church. And um, you know, we want to pray over it and, and, and see, you know, these churches that just go out there and propagate um, false information. So um, the Spirit of God would lead us to the things, the things of Christ and will show us the things of Christ. And, you know, it's a, it's a tough time that we're living in. And um, we want to be awake and alert as Christians. So, yeah, this is today's teaching. Very applicable today in the times we're living. Thank you all for listening in. God bless you and have a pleasant day. Bye.